0: Hello, and welcome to the Oracle of Light. I'm Shauna DeMellon. I'm a lifelong medium and certified life coach, and making the connection with the afterlife has brought me the greatest joy. Since losing my son, Jack, I have navigated grief, heartache, and despair. And it was through connecting with my son on the other side that my heart began to heal, And I was able to find joy and meaning in my life again. Now I'm inviting you into this space as I explore the afterlife, the grieving process and rebuilding after loss. If you'd like to discover the spirit world and how to move through the loss of a loved one or child, you have come to the right place. This, is the oracle of light welcome to the oracle of light i am your host Shauna de and today i have the very beautiful sharna southern with me today from australia i'm in canada and australia so we we had to figure out what was happening and where and so i'm i'm just so delighted that you're here with us today I'm, i'm so so happy that you're here
1: thank you so much thank you for having me in your space and yeah i look forward to having this conversation today I do too. I mean, we, you know, I
0: I share this with you. I went down the rabbit hole in Instagram and then somehow found you and it was like, who is this? Oh my gosh, who is this lovely creature? I have to, I have to connect with her. And so, um, our, our original conversation was just beautiful. We could have kept going on and on and on and on. And we went in so many different, different directions. And so, I'm, I'm so excited to share your world with everyone. And so, would you... Share your story. Would you share all about you? What brought you to this point and and everything that has happened up until now that has shifted into your your reality as it is now?
1: Yeah. So um there's been a couple of points, I guess, in my life that really uh were pivotal. Pivotal, I keep. I cannot say pivotal ever the first time. <laughs> pivotal moments, they were always, like, if I look back over my life, they were kind of just, like, really um, clear-cut moments that changed kind of my perception on life and really um, changed me as a person. And, you know, the first experience that I had, like, you know, as a child, you kind of go along thinking that everything is going to be rosy and nothing bad ever happens, like, which is great. It's a great mentality to have, but, you know, when I was 19, um, my dad died. So I was like, kind of thrust into this world of like, what the hell, um, your parents aren't meant to go this young, Mm -hmm. like, like he was 49. So, you know, I was like, you know, no one else is going through this. Like, why, why is it me? Why is it our family? Why, you know, he was such a good man, Um, you know, but, you know, if I look back over our life with him now, he packed so much into his short life because he, he was sick. Like he was living on borrowed time his whole life Um. He had his first open heart surgery when, um, when he was twenty nine, I think. So you know, it was he knew, and he knew he had to, you know, do what he had, what he felt he had to do to make his life, um, you know, abundant and and loving and have you know with his family. So if I look back over my life, he was the most present father like if I had of like not that I compared him to like other (laughs) friends but I'm like he was there all the time and you know I would never ever change anything about how we did our childhood um I held his hand it was funny because I used to get paid out a lot because I would I was 18 and I was still holding his hand on the way to the bus stop so (laughs) That's so Cause sweet. there was four of us. yeah. <laughs> so we would always, we'd all take turns.
0: Mm.
1: Um, so there'd be like points in our, like we'd walk to the bus stop. So there'd be points through that walk that he would then change to like a different child. <laughs> so <laughs> we could all hold his hands. So sweet. so sweet. Um, But when he, yeah, when he died, it was like, I was kind of, my whole world was turned upside down mm-hmm. Um it was it just felt like it wasn't natural it felt like you know it shouldn't be this way but oh well i mean at the time i was then i kind of went down the path of depression um i kind of locked myself away for about a year and i was diagnosed with depression and high functioning anxiety mm-hmm. um so i was i didn't want to acknowledge where I was in my life. I didn't want to acknowledge the present moment because he wasn't in it. So it wasn't until I was kind of coming out of that, that people then started reaching out to me going, you know, asking me questions about life and how I navigated things. And I just felt naturally like inclined to, to to help people Mm -hmm. in that way. Um, and I always wanted to, I guess, have a job as a medical in the medical field. And I kind of, after a few months after he passed away, I got a job in as a dental nurse. So, um, supporting patients like in the dentist was that sense of like, you know, I felt like I was in the right place. Um, and the dentist isn't a place that people want to be so, (laughs) There was was one patient that reached out to me uh, quite a number of years later and she wrote a letter to the surgery um, saying that I was an asset to the surgery because I was able to support her through what she was navigating. She was really anxious about the appointment and I just sat with her and I I heard her. I just listened to her talk and I supported her and I told her, you know, that you know, what she was feeling was absolutely valid and I was gonna I was going to be there to support her no matter what. Okay. Um and when she wrote that letter, I still have that letter because I'm like, that was like my oh okay, I need I am destined for something more. Yeah. Um I just didn't know how that was gonna look. I knew then that I had something more to give to the world, something bigger than what I was doing. Yes, I loved working at the dentist, but I'm like, that wasn't my calling. That wasn't where I was meant to be. Um, And then in 2017, we experienced a missed miscarriage and we had been trying to conceive for about five years. Um, So to have my first pregnancy end in loss was very, very devastating. And it kind of, it felt like i that was because i didn't really know anything about pregnancy loss i thought that meant that i was never going to have kids i thought i was the only woman that was experiencing this type of loss um because there was no one offering support there was no one talking about it so i was like i'm clearly the only person going through this mm-hmm. um But as I started to heal and recover, I started to talk about my story a little bit and then people started to come out and talk to me about what was happening to them and that they had gone through the similar experiences or they had gone through experiences of pregnancy loss and they were telling me how their story um, how what their experience was. And I was like, no, like this is it. This is what I need to do. This is I'd come to the point where I had was able to recover myself and see that that clearly was a space that needed um, attention, yeah. um, needed my attention. So I actually ran into two people like in one, like about three days
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they were all telling me like I needed to do life coaching. And I was like, I don't even know what life coaching is, but okay, I'll look into it. And, <laughs> um, so I kind of went down that path but instead of focusing on life coaching I was like no it's going to be around pregnancy loss so everything I created all the tools that I pulled from the courses that I was doing were all geared towards pregnancy loss um so I needed to create programs for women who were um who were navigating that time because obviously if I was looking for support other women were looking for support as well and if if I felt like I was the only one navigating it and there's other women out there that felt the same way too so um I had experienced um the grief from when my dad died but the grief when my baby died was so different so I was like, I had to share that, it, that it's different. Like, and 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 validate women when they say, you know, I don't feel the same way. Like, this is, I feel so personally responsible. And I'm like, well, I know that's it's how it is. Like, I didn't feel personally responsible when my dad died, but I still went through the grief and the emotions and and the sensations. But when my baby died, that was completely different because I had the grief, but it was that I was personally responsible for what happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I went over my day. I went over every single step literally that I took that day and what I did that could have caused it. I was trying to find a reason for why it had happened. But, I mean, for me, there was no reason. It was just that it was an abnormality and it was just my body's way of doing what it naturally needed to do um but yeah that was just a really hard place to be in and to come to a place to accept that your body was doing the right thing Mm -hmm. um but causing so much heartache and so much um sort of turmoil in the process
0: yeah yeah it's, it, it, we talked a little bit about this as well, you know, my son Jack would have been 10 this year. And then after I, you know, lost him, I felt so alone and isolated and no one talked about it. And and I know that people meant well, but you know, you can try again and you have your daughter and it just wasn't meant to be. And, and just mm-hmm. all of these just things that just really didn't help. And it was, it, it's true what you said. I mean, I've lost other loved ones before. But losing Jack literally brought me to my knees. Like, that was my heart just shattered. It just it shattered. There were no words to describe how I felt or or I didn't even know what to do, how to navigate that. Mm.
1: Yeah. And that's, the, I think, like, when you said your heart shattered, like, I think that was the first time I'd ever felt my heart literally break. Like, it honestly, if I could have pictured it, it was in pieces. And that deep heartache, like you just, there's no way, there's no way you've ever experienced it before. And you like you hope to never have to experience it again. Um, But it's, yeah, like it's so different and society just likes to try and fix it because it's awkward and they don't know what to say. So they say these like, one-liners that think, oh, well, this will just make it better. I'll make you better. And you can stop, you can stop showing your emotions because it's making me uncomfortable. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. no, like it's, you know, you know, you've lost your baby like that. You can't, that's it just in, in the order of things, it just feels so wrong. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you would do anything to, to have them, Um And falling again, and this is where I think a lot of women fall into that trap of, oh, I just need to try again because, you know, even in society, that's what they kind of encourage, you know, try again because, you know, that'll make you happy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, even, I mean, I'm sure deep down they know that that's not going to make them happy. It's not going to take away the pain, but you know that's what society is like oh if you just try again you'll be right or yeah like you said oh you've got a living child it's okay like just focus your attention back on them mm-hmm. um like nothing ever takes away the fact that you've gone through that experience no and unfortunately if you don't look at um healing and recovering from that experience if you try to do something else if you try to um w- whether it is trying for another baby like soon after your loss without having you know dealt with the emotions and and the trauma of it it only embeds more and compounds more pain on top of that so it's not going to make make it better it's actually going to make it worse and it might not be you know initially it might not be through the pregnancy but it will be after there will be a point where that compounded sort of trauma will come to a peak and mm-hmm it'll just
0: explode.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, It's
0: it's so true. You know, and I I told people that, you know, losing Jack, that loss infiltrated and it, first of all, it changed me, right? Because mm -hmm. I was not the woman before. I was a different version of me. And it was like, what's this? What's going on? What's happening? Nothing is the same. What do I do with this? And then it was just, it was really shifting into, okay, wow. What? what just happened? Like it just, it just, there was this fog and we talked about this briefly before, you know, there wasn't, these are the five stages of grief and mm-hmm. that's what you'll feel. And it was like, this isn't in the book. <laughs> what I'm feeling right now is not in that book. What are they, what are they talking about? And it was just, yeah. And I find that society, they just want to kind of brush over it. Just, mm. no, it wasn't real. It wasn't real. wasn't meant to be. Let's just let it go. And I always tell moms, the moms that I work with, you will always be that child's mom. You'll always mm. be the child's mother. You have a child that that lives in spirit, and and you just you'll yeah. have a different relationship now. And it's just it's. I think a lot of the work that I do is just just acknowledging how painful that is, just mm. acknowledging and holding space for that pain because it's. What was the percentage? There were um, there was a certain percentage of women that have uh, PTSD after they've mm. had a miscarriage.
1: Yeah, it's like one in six women will experience PTSD. Um, it might be like just diff- a little bit different statistics, like in different countries, but here in Australia, that's what um, well, it was one in six. So it's still a very high number of women that are experiencing that trauma, mm-hmm. um, in their body, um, and it might not even like so. PTSD is a very you know, kind of intense form of trauma but it it can you can also experience like really bad anxiety depression sleep problems you know eating disorder like not eating disorders like um you know troubles with eating like whether you don't want to eat or you overeat like there will be just like something there as well with eating like there's it it affects people in so many different ways but yeah absolutely ptsd is like Really intense, and it's not even. It's not even like when, when a woman goes to the doctor, they're like, "Oh yeah, you got PTSD." Like, you know, yeah, take a medication or do this, and you'll be fine. And I'm like, no, it's not. It it's not something that a medication it, that's essentially just numbing her body to the fact the fact that it needs it needs healing, it needs recovering, and what she's experiencing in her body is trauma and that trauma needs to be um it needs to be seen and it needs to be worked with and it's not something that a medication like that's just going to numb her to everything and as soon as she comes off any medication it's just going to come back mm-hmm. and you know it's um and it like I don't I I mean doctors are great but when you go to them for things like that they kind of just that's their go-to. I feel like it's like here, have a medication and it'll be better yeah. um, for some things. Yes. Like yes. I have epilepsy. So mm-hmm. yes, I have to take medication for the rest of my life to help the chemistry and the, you know, the, the, the signals in my brain. Like I, it, it's not something that if I stop, <laughs> it's not going to make them like they, there was no way around getting prescribed medication for that, but You know, for things like mental health, um, Mm -hmm. there's often, I would say, almost 100% chance there's something in the body that is causing that um, mental health expression Mm -hmm. and it's not going to be fixed by a medication or something like that.
0: No, and we
1: talked briefly about this
0: as well. I, I love our conversations, our conversations just sort of, they follow wherever they need to, and they kind of stop wherever they need to. And I just, I love that. I love that. So, um we've spoken about this briefly as well. I mean, you know, a lot of women, you know, their doctor says, well, you know, go talk to someone, here's here's an antidepressant. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can try again, you're still young, you, you know, you can try again, and you have, you know, it's like, they just sort of brush over it, and they don't acknowledge that it's a real loss, and it's a real pain. And that it's, it's like a wound. It's like, it's just, it's, it becomes a part of us. And, you know, after I lost Jack, I was, I was depressed. I was depressed for years. I was just so heartbroken. And I didn't even know what to do with myself. And so, I, you know, threw myself into volunteering and baked thousands of cupcakes. And I just, that's, that's all I knew to do. It was like, I just have to stay busy. And my Mm -hmm. doctor said you know, well, do you want to take something? And I said, I don't want to have to take something. I said, what else can I do? Well, you should go talk to someone. And I didn't realize it at the time that cognitive therapy is only, that's only about 20% effective. That's Mm -hmm. that 20% chunk and then the other 80% is what you're talking about. I mean, it's, it's in your physical body, it's in your makeup. So Mm -hmm. I love, I would love your take on that aspect of it as well, because, and then you've got your beautiful, your beautiful programs and, and everything that you've created as a result of your experience. I just, I'm Mm -hmm. so excited for you to share with everyone.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I love that um, you want to talk about this again too, because it is, so so important and it's not and it's it is very hard for women to especially when you've gone through such a big experience to go Mm -hmm. oh there is something actually that I have to address on my in my body and then they can go down the path of like was my body was I like this before was my body is that the cause of my loss is that because that's where I was and that's what's caused it and now I'm here and it's not that at all like it's not to say that your body was ever to blame for your loss but if you want to really go and down that and down that path and truly heal your um you know the the trauma that loss in particular pregnancy loss in particular would have caused on your body would have heightened any any stresses that you had um and trauma is stored in our nervous system so and our nervous system drives our entire body. It's like, it's in the driver's seat. It remembers, it knows, it does everything consciously. Um, and unconsciously there's two parts of the nervous system, but a lot of it is unconscious and a lot of it we aren't aware of. So we're kind of just going about our day, thinking that this is just us as a person, but when you're in a, um, Sort of a stress response whether it's fight or flight or freeze or fawn unless you're abs unless you know that that's what where you are and you know the tools to create safety for yourself to close that stress response you're living from that response every single day mm-hmm. and your body then becomes hypervigilant which means that it's always on the lookout for a trigger for a threat so then you're kind of looking over your shoulder all of the time going, oh, what's maybe, you know, what's someone going to say or what am I going to, what someone might do something and I'm going to react or someone will say something and I'm going to react or I'll be down the street and I'll see something and I'll be on and I'll react. Like your body is on this constant like high alert. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that people do get caught in the trap of is I'll distract myself. I'll become like a workaholic. i'll I'll do all of the things and i won't I won't um notice what's actually happening in my body f- because for us to really truly start to heal, we have to become vulnerable. And to become vulnerable is scary. And so people think if I'm distracted, if I'm working all all the time or doing all of the things, then I can't be vulnerable. And I can't, and my body is not going to allow me to touch that place. That I can start to really heal that stress response. Mm-hmm. That I can really start to get myself out of that fight or flight, freeze or fawn, or shut down. Like you can be in a complete place of shutdown, which is like um, like deep depression, um, where you're completely numb to everything. Like you don't want to move, that you can't feel anything. It's just that your body's it's shut down, and it can be really hard when you're in those places for a long period of time to, to come back from that, but it is possible, but it's never, I just wanted to point out like being in those places of stress is never going to cause a loss, but it's not going to also make it a very, like your body's not going to be functioning um, very well uh, because in those chronic, like a chronic sympathetic state, it shuts down a lot of your body. And one of the places that it actually does um, restrict is <clears throat> our reproductive organs. Mm. So like if you if you think, you know, because our because where the trauma happens is in our reptilian part of our brain. Like it's in a primitive part of our brain where that response comes from. So if you can think it's actually acting out of oh, we're in the wild like we're actually animals in the wild and there's threat and we need to fight or you know run because we there's an imminent life threat. So mm-hmm. that's where at that's where that place sort of comes from and we aren't ever really in that imminent like that oh my gosh I'm going to my my life is in absolute imminent danger right now. But we can't talk ourselves out of that because where the where the imprint happened in as, in, is in is is in our reptilian brain but where the cognitive therapies work is in our human brain which is like the most evolved part of the brain yeah so you can't you can't um talk yourself out of that trauma because it's not in the same part of the brain like wow. it's it's So it's, like you said, it's only like 20%. Yes, talk therapy works mm-hmm. and, yeah. and it could work to some degree to, or to a certain point. And then that person's going to reach a block and they're not going to get any more results from that place because their body doesn't feel safe to do any more work. Um. So then that at that point you need to go and find support that's going to actually somatically like physically support your nervous system to find that place of safety to start to close those stress responses because that's the only way your body <clears throat> your body is ever going to feel safe and we can only heal and i'm i'm sure you've probably heard this Um, quote before too like you can only heal when you feel safe yes like you need safety to heal Mm -hmm. and it's not about safety in the mind it's about the safety in your body in your physical body Mm -hmm. so you know it's not just about like when and that's what the doctors did with me as well just go talk to a therapist And I'm like, well, I've done that before. I did that for like five years after my dad died and I still would spiral out of control um, in panic attacks and, you know, between sessions. I'm like, I didn't have the ability to actually function for myself outside of a session. And it's because my body still felt so unsafe. It was so highly, it was like it literally was on alert all of the time, causing me to live in a a perpetual state of anxiety. I was yeah. looking for looking for things all of the time. Something that someone would say was like, like a, a knife to my heart. And that's how I felt my anxiety. It went to my heart. It was like a knife to my heart, but then it would hit my stomach. So then it would, it would hurt my chest, but also affect my stomach. And that's also how I know that being in these states of like high stress affect other parts of your body. It was because I couldn't physically. Oh, I ended up being diagnosed with Crohn's, um, which is like inflammatory sort of inflammation in your intestines. Um, but after about a year of me doing healing and changing things around my diet and just doing things differently <clears throat> for myself. I went back in for a test and they're like, oh, it's gone. And I was like, well, Crohn's just doesn't disappear. Not with all of my research. And I'm sure like being your, you being the the specialist, you would know that Crohn's just doesn't disappear. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and then they ended up just diagnosing me with IBS. They're <laughs> like, oh, you just got irritable bowel.
0: Okay. So I was like, over here. yeah.
1: right okay Okay. um but I knew that it was my anxiety I knew that it was my internal workings it was my um is essentially that those feelings of my anxiety would always hit my stomach and I knew that so when I was able to shift all of that obviously I had a tangible thing to say, oh, actually your body has healed itself. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what just happened? But that was just, you know, a conscious effort for my from myself to start to shift things in my environment as well, my external environment, because essentially our we're always responding. Our nervous system is always responding to our external environment. Mm-hmm. So if you've got an unsafe external environment, it's going to make it very hard for you to heal internally anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you're in this constant state of like toxicity, like in a workplace or in a in, in a relationship that's not safe or yeah. whether it's a intimate relationship or whether it's friends or family, like if that's constantly in your space, like that's not going to support you in your healing either. Um, so it is like you said before, like your loss ripples out, rippled out into different areas of your life. And and that's what it does. Like it affects so many different areas, but when we're healing, we also have to recognize those different areas. And are those areas serving us in our healing? Are those people serving us that we surround ourselves with? Are those environments serving us? Yes. You
0: know, and, um, that that was, you know, after losing Jack, that was the beginning of the end of my marriage. Like it just Mm. infiltrated every aspect of my life. It changed how I parented. It changed how I saw the world. It changed how I saw me. It was, I was, you know, and I went through a phase where I was angry. I was angry at God. Why would you do this? And I was angry at my body. I was angry at doctors. I was angry at everyone. And it was just, and I like what you said, you know, what, what was it that was serving me? And so I found a lot of relationships started to shift and then it just, I started to notice who I felt really good around and who I didn't feel good around. Hmm. And so there were, you know, I love Brene Brown. She always says, you know, who has earned the right to hear your story? And so I really found that there were certain people that they could listen to me all day, any day, talk about Jack. They were like, don't even ask, just go. I'm here for you. (laughs) Just go, yeah. do it. And then other people, they would just, they just sort of had this. Well, yeah, I guess it wasn't meant to be. Or they would say some ridiculous thing, and I would feel silly for even bringing it up. And then I'd just be like, "Oh." And you know, it it I would say it probably took years for me to understand the impact of that loss, mm. because that was such. It was a loss on every level. And yes, I can, yes, as a medium, I can connect with him and he's lovely. And, and I'm, I'm blessed to do the work that I do and help other mothers make that connection. But it was just, like you said, it just such a heartache. Like it literally brought me to my knees. And I always tell people, you know, I, I see it as a spiritual toolbox. And we have our spiritual toolbox and, you know, we, you know, sometimes we use oracle cards or we have prayer or we have mantras or we have affirmations or we have all these things. And I remember dumping mine out and thinking, oh, God, now what do I do? What do I do with this? And so, for the longest time, it just sort of sat there and I didn't know what to do with it. And I think it, it goes back to feeling safe. And then I started to reach out and I started to find groups of other, you know, women that had lost children and, and through miscarriage. And it was like, I found my tribe. And then it was like, I finally felt safe enough to kind of let the walls down and just sort of, and then just start to share. And just, I think I just, from that point, I really started to own my story. Yeah, I I had this loss and it's changed me as a person. And and then it was okay, and that I wasn't mm. just going to take a medication and talk about it every now and again, and it would be fine. And for some people, for some people, I've seen other people bounce back. They're like, okay, they cried a bit. And then they, boop, they're pregnant again, and they're off to the races. And I just, I wished I was one of those. But when I was like, I was a mess. And so, yeah, mm. it, it, it takes time to put that back together. And mm. you also don't realize what else is sitting in there. <laughs> so, it's like, oh, there's some childhood stuff. Great. <laughs> and there's this. And I found, I used to find that I was like, always waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was like, mm-hmm. what's going on? And I found I was so focused on what was going on around me. Like I would read people's energy and I would read, because that's what I grew up. And I grew up in a very chaotic environment where it was like, can we talk? Can we breathe? Can we be us? Like, what is this? And so, it's interesting that you say that because it just sort of i think the loss my loss was just an opportunity to really for me to really step into who i am who i my authentic self and and to be her unapologetically and yeah yeah absolutely
1: yeah and when you said that there's actually part of my course that i i've got in there and um it's you know when we're reconnecting to that person who we are after loss like because who is she like Mm -hmm. And that's why, that's why I ended up going through this um, and adding in the element of trauma too into the pregnancy loss programs because there is that distinct before and after when you go through pregnancy loss. There's that person that you were before and now there's this person that is looking back at you right now and you're just like, well, I don't know who she is anymore. I don't know what to do with myself anymore. And, you know, part of there was like a resource in there that I've, created and it's um it it kind of just gives you permission to strip out all that away. so strip everything back that was never serving you and now is the opportunity where you get to choose again Mm -hmm. and you get to choose what you have in your life you get to choose the people the values the the experiences um you get to choose to leave behind anything that's that wasn't serving you and it could be beliefs as well, like beliefs about yourself that aren't serving you. You get to choose what all of that means for you now, the beliefs that you have about yourself, um, the values that you want to move forward with because, you know, without core values, we're kind of just floating around. Like yes, with, with the wind, you're very easily mm-hmm. moved and you're not ever really centred. So oh. knowing what your core values are, if you've never done that before, like knowing just exploring what those are for you and you know for me and you know myself and that's why I put it in there because I never knew what my core values were I'd never really spent the time I knew that I I loved spending time with family but I was like I was so sort of vague with what who it was like who I was and what it meant to be me um and my loss actually was the the point where I stripped all of that back as well, and gave myself permission to be authentic, authentically me. Mm-hmm. To gave us and like to to change the way that I viewed myself, to allow myself to like let my hair down, be silly, and you know say silly things. The stuff that I used to try and censor like all of the time because I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. people aren't gonna like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and. I think that's one of the hardest things too, is because we have this perception of what people think we should we should be. Like, there's this the view of what what other people think we should be, and who we should show up as. So yes. Now is that time where you can go, nope, I don't believe in that perception of that who you think I should be. Mm-hmm. This is who I am, and. You know, and then being really confident in that for yourself, and standing in that knowing, because that's like, like I said, that for me was huge. Um, but when I when I actually did it, like, yeah, people change, people's perceptions, their views on you change. You might lose people, but yep. um, that's okay because they probably weren't really meant to be in your life for a long time anyway. Um, but yeah, I think that was like one of the biggest things for me as well to, to know that it's okay to be me and it's okay to not ignore any part of me. And it's okay to actually, um, think of myself as amazing and, you know, beautiful and say it, like, say it without thinking people are going, oh, she's up herself. like. No, I'm <laughs> awesome.
0: Like I am so awesome. It's it's interesting. I love how you say that. It was, it was almost like you know when I lost Jack, it was like my whole world was just like shattered in pieces, and it was just like, and it was through putting things back together again mm. that I really started to look at. I don't even like the person I'm married to. Mm. What do we do with that? That's interesting. And not that a baby could could have fixed our marriage, but it was having that partner to support Mm. and help you navigate what you're feeling after a loss. I mean, that is just so vital. And it was interesting because yeah, I started to really look at things and I started to question everything. It was almost like the pendulum kind of went over to this side, and I was like, "What did you say? What do you mean by that? What, what What are you really saying?" I was just not attacking people, but I was really starting to question things because for so long I was I was raised in an era where Shauna's such a good girl, which meant Shauna was invisible. Shauna just went along with everybody. Shauna didn't didn't even know, like you said, figuring out what your values were. I didn't know what I stood for. Mm-hmm. And I did that exercise, yeah, early on too, in those first few years, I sat there and I thought, what do I stand for? Who am I? Like, it literally shook the foundation of who I thought I was. Mm-hmm. And then realizing, do I even know who I am? Do I like who I am? Do I? What is this? Like, it's it's an incredible opportunity. It's, it's, it's incredibly painful. And of course, it's not mm-hmm. something that, that we would ever want to I wake up one day and think, this is what I'd like to choose. No, of course not. And, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years in, there isn't anything that I wouldn't do to have Jack here in the physical. But it just, it it was an opportunity for me to rewrite my story. It's like a whole yeah. new story, a whole new book. And it was just, oh my goodness. And I love that you have your program that you've put together. Would you Would you share a little bit more about what your programs look like?
1: Yeah, so um I started off the my journey, obviously, supporting women one-on-one, um, supporting angel mums because I knew I was alone. I felt alone anyway. And I'm like, if I was feeling that way, there was other women that were feeling that way too. <clears throat> so I kind of just started supporting women through their experience. Uh, but then I had women reaching out to me wanting to know how they could be that support for other people. And so I was like, well, I don't really know how that looks. Um, and then, so I didn't do anything really about it the first time that some a couple of women reached out. But then more women reached out, and I was like, okay, so maybe now I could, I could, actually spend some time. So I think this is the universe's way of telling me I have something else that I have. There's something bigger again. I thought what I was doing was huge, but nope, there was something bigger, and. So I created uh, the Pregnancy Loss Practitioner Certification. Um, Originally it was, so it has just expanded. Um, So originally it was just um, going through my Pregnancy Loss Recovery Method. So essentially I broke down my healing and recovery into three stages and um, that's what then the uh, pregnancy loss recovery method encompasses is those di- those three different stages of healing, which is like emotional um, healing, um, our thoughts and belief patterns, our subconscious mind and um, reconnecting to who we are, uh, because especially when you go through therapy, you don't get anything like that. You get a place where you can probably share your emotions, but then you, apart from that, like what else? Mm-hmm. So I have taken it those two steps further. I've like, I, I share what emotions are specifically and how they present physically. And then I go into the subconscious mind because a lot of our programming is there as well, as well as in our body. A lot of the programming. Is in our subconscious. And again, it's a place we act out of that we don't, we're not even aware of. Yeah. So I go into a bit of NLP in that um as well. And then reconnecting to it, who we are as a person because that is a huge thing, but there's no bypassing like stages one and two. You have to go through the foundations of understanding your emotions, understanding your thought patterns, because as they currently are, that you know, helping yourself work through them and then understanding, okay, I know myself, I know my emotions, I accept them, I validate them. I've been able to um, bring awareness to my thoughts and how they're presenting, you know, physically and mentally what they feel like and also then how now how do I connect to who I am? How do I look forward? How do I set goals for myself that actually – excite me again in life because at the very beginning of that when you're in deep grief, there's absolutely no way that you can see a future for yourself because mm-hmm. you just you're so consumed with the emotions and and your, your judgments and it, everything is so clouded yeah um so there's no way that you can go and think of a life of living a life without without your baby in it that is but so huge that that piece right there is so mm. huge like how
0: i don't want to think about my life in 5 years i'm not looking forward to anything like that's mm. it all died that day everything that mm. I, the dreams and the hopes and everything and so i love what you just said there that that's huge that's mm. so important for women to understand that because it's i think again we're supposed to have a certain amount of time that we grieve and we mourn and then we put that to rest and then we eventually people don't talk about it as much and people aren't Mm. asking as much and and then it's like we're supposed to just know what those next steps are and just carry on like it didn't happen and it's Mm. yeah you're right like without acknowledging all of that and and resolving it and figuring it out and healing then we can't we can't look to the future. We, I always tell people that, you know, I, I, I give the gift of hope. I take them from grief to relief or, you know, I just, the gift of hope that, you know, there is more that I can create this beautiful life. So I just, I love what you said with that. Mm. That's so powerful.
1: Yeah. And it's just because I, you know, I was there myself. Like I know, that's, you know, they're the transitions that I took, you know, once I was able to understand my emotions, I was like, then my, my thoughts got so loud and I was like, what am I going to do with all of these? Where am I going to put them all? Like, what do they mean? Like, and so I had to get out of my head. yeah And so the whole point of like, so we go through moving through like, essentially what all the emotions are. But then when you get to that second stage, it's like, dropping out of our head and into our heart and having that, okay, so this is what it's, this is what's actually happening. Um, And it's just allowing that, I guess, that constant flow. It's not ignoring anything. It's not pushing anything aside. It's acknowledging things that come up at the time, how it's, how it sounds in your head, how, what is it, what are those voices saying and how is that feeling in your body? Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, that's where I was at. Like, how did I, I'm like, I had, so much going on inside of my head, um and we can get caught there. So that's where I kind of I wanted to bring that back into the body because I'm like, you—that's not where we live. We don't. We're not designed to live from our head.
0: Mm-mm. um
1: And then you get to that point where, okay, I'm a functioning-ish kind of human right now, but I've loss has reprioritized everything in my life. I don't want to go back to work. I. I don't really know what's out there for me anymore. I don't know what to do with myself. Like, yeah. what do I do? Who am I? And so that was where I was at too. Like it made me think about, like you, you said, you questioned everything. I questioned everything about my life, my choices, my work environment. I was like, do I do I go back to work? Like, what do I do? And so it it allows us the opportunity to, Re- re- like connect to our values, and then from that, are we actually living aligned to our values? Yes. What is it that's in our life that is serving us, that's not serving us? And um, what has to stay there that may it may not be serving you, but maybe it's shifting a perception around it. Like, I have to go back to work, but maybe it's about viewing it in a different way so that when so that you you can go back and it's not so stressful. Uh, and you're not sort of thrust into like a triggering environment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. And so I, I, I put all that together and then that, so that's what I teach now. And I teach the students how to like, I guess that's like, I I've always like to think it's as, as building a house. Like you're really building firm foundations for someone that's going to go through their healing and recovery because you're kind of, exploring all different elements of their mental and physical and emotional health um, as well as help supporting them set goals for themselves again um, in their life um but yeah like I said it was expanding so I kind of have done a lot of education and growth around um, trauma lately and nervous system regulation. so I realized there was a lot of talk around right in the trauma, Mm -hmm. environment but pregnancy loss was never mentioned as a trauma um so because there is so much invalidation from society from doctors from people like saying oh it's just a loss it's okay but I want to say that loss is actually trauma and it's trauma to your body like your body is holding that so validating women's experiences as that it the in the enormity that it is, like it's, it's huge. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, And it is affecting your nervous system and it's affecting how you show up every day. It's affecting so much of what you do Mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. We don't have to be lived living in a high stress and hypervigilant um, state. We don't have to be in pain. Um, So I've created like an extra level to the certification which goes into being trauma-informed and supporting women through nervous system regulation um, and trying to relate it back to pregnancy loss. Mm -hmm. So how women, because essentially how women will come and what it will sound like. Um, And hopefully we can open up the conversation around that too. Like hopefully we can start to really acknowledge how big pregnancy loss is. And to the to the woman's body, um, to her physical and mental and emotional and spiritual health. Like it's it's not just something that can be dismissed. And even it is it's dismissed even from the medical um, medical professionals as like oh it's just an like it's just another baby that's died and that's it. There's no 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 fallout from that no um so you know and i think even for me opening up the conversation around it being trauma has given women a lot of permission to to know that what they have been through is bigger than maybe what they've been able to give it credit for like in their own life to know like it's validating those extra feelings of like oh you know i still don't feel right um and it's because their body's still recovering from that trauma, but it's also to make sure that they do seek that right support as well. So that's hope I'm hoping that I can create those support services and the, the women in those support roles that can have that bigger impact and open up more accessible support for for women going through pregnancy loss. I think that's just
0: so beautiful. I just, I absolutely love it. I love what you do, and I, I love, I love everything that you've created. And it's such a beautiful, safe place to come mm-hmm. and honor that loss, and then start to understand. Okay, how has it impacted me? And it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, I remember my grandmother. Um, you know, she had had I, I can't remember how many stillborn births that she'd had, and after the last baby that she had lost, um, you know, family members had said she was never the same after that and it wasn't something that was talked about every now and again and what we recognized later was that around the time of the anniversary of that baby dying she would have a she would have moods like she would get depressed she would go in mm-hmm. her room she just didn't really want to talk about it or she just she was just she was different and there mm-hmm. was zero zero support it was just there was it was like, you know, again, it wasn't acknowledged. It was just, you just go away and you deal with it and 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 we move on. This, we just, you know, we're not going to focus on that. And so, now it's, we've created this beautiful space for people to, you know, to share and to really look at that. And and everyone is so different, you know, in, in my practice, I always meet people where they're at. Um, mm. And, you know, I've, Some families, you know, they've worked through all of their grief and everything is fine. Other families, you know, they're stuck and they're, you know, on this continuum and that's okay. And it's just, I think it's just so important to address all of those different aspects of us. Because again, as we mentioned in the beginning, we're not, I love that. I love how you describe that. Like The trauma is sitting in the reptilian part and then this is where we're trying to talk (laughs) and figure things out. And so, yeah, I'm sure this feels good. It feels... It feels good to be heard. It feels good to be validated. It feels good just to have someone listen. You know, a lot of times, you know, I have clients from over the years and they've said, I just pay you to listen. And I said, "Then I'm honored to do that. However, I can show up for you. And so, having those distinctions that when you're trying to get to the root of something and you're not even in the right area, how is that possibly going to work? Right? I just that was huge. That was huge. That was a big takeaway for me today.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, um, and I don't think, and it, it, you know, it it wasn't really until I went down the path of learning about the trauma and how it affects the brain and where those traumatic events are, are imprinted into our body. It's not, and it wasn't until I went down that path myself that I realized Oh well it makes sense that the cognitive therapies don't work all of the time because it's like you said it's not even it's not even addressing the right part of the brain where the trauma was imprinted. Mm-hmm. So um and the reptilian part is like it has the spinal cord attached to it. So it's like it runs like and you can only imagine how all the nerves that come off that and that's where our nervous system comes into so it's it's all attached to that part of the body and you know and then we're trying to rationalize it from our human brain but that yeah it only can take you so far and like you said you meet the people where they are some people might actually be able to just reframe some things and then that's all they need and others the reframing of things doesn't work they're like, I've tried, and you know it's exhausting because you know I keep saying it over and over, and it does just, just not making a difference. Yeah, and so then you've just got to look at different things and different ways that you know they're, it's presenting different things are presenting. But yeah, everyone's so different, and for someone something might work. For someone else, it you you have to do more work with them in different areas. And but like you said, like it took me a long time to to figure all that stuff out for me too like it wasn't just for me I couldn't just pick up and and get back on with my life after a little a little thing like you know um so yeah everyone is so different um and just yeah accepting people where they are and acknowledging where they are and then just being able to move out from there
0: I think so too and I think it's it's just it's such an individual process I mean it's just there are you know over the years i've i've read for thousands and thousands of people and there's never the same story mm-hmm. some of them overlap and some of them have similarities but it, there's never the same story there will never be the same loss like it, it's just it's i think it's just so important to give a voice to these children that have that have lost you know and mm-hmm. and, and to the process and acknowledging that it is a real loss and there you know i've i've often said to people over the years i wish i could take a picture of people you know women before their session and then after their session because it's just the shift is just incredible to actually be able to sit and and talk about that loss and honor that loss and and help them to find hope and meaning in their world again and and you know i always tell people that you know joy and 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 grief i mean that can live you know, there were days where I would be happy in the morning and then miserable, <laughs> a miserable mess for the rest of the day. And and that and then going through a loss, you know, a, a pregnancy loss is it's messy. Mm-hmm. It is messy. And now, how do you? What are some go tos that you have for someone who has just had a loss?
1: Yeah, I think um I think one of the biggest things would be just be to just sit with those emotions that come up. Um, no emotion that we feel at this time is going to be comfortable. It's all going to hurt and allow yourself to go through those emotions. will just feel them. If you want to cry, cry. If you want to, if you're angry and you feel like you want to punch something, grab a pillow and punch something, or you want to scream, scream, scream into a pillow. Like sometimes your emotions need a physical outlet. And sometimes it's not just, A matter of going, oh, I'm feeling sad. It actually needs that extra, like, how can I express this sadness? Like, what does my body need from me right now? Like, do I just want to lay on the couch? Like, that's perfectly fine. Do I want to go and have a shower and cry in the shower? That's perfectly fine. And just acknowledge those emotions and acknowledge how that's feeling in your body. Like, what does your body need from you? If it needs that a little bit extra to be able to express what what's actually happening, um, but don't dismiss them because the more we ignore our emotions, the bigger they're going to come back. They'll just keep um, they'll keep growing in size, and the more you ignore it, you'll probably end up getting knocked off your feet by the time it comes back. And so, just feel it as it comes to you. And just let it go through you because essentially emotions are just energy. They want to, they want to move through you. And just so I just allow it. Allow it to come, allow it to move through you, allow it to go. It's not going to last forever. You won't if you want to cry and you feel like you're just gonna cry forever, you'll eventually stop. Like there's no time ever that someone can't stop crying. You'll eventually stop. So just allow it to come. Mm-hmm. I love that. And you know what I always I always tell mothers, you know, there's
0: you can you just you have to go through it. You can't mm. bypass it. You can't lock it in a room and not ever look at it again. You just you just the true healing is is going through it through it and and allowing it to be messy and allowing mm. it to be whatever it needs and I think a lot of women too they 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 don't want to feel it's the vulnerable piece. I mean, this mm. is such a vulnerable tender loss and then mm. to actually sit with it and you know figure out what what does this look like what do i need today and i find for a lot of the women that i work with you you might find this as well is it's giving themselves permission to figure out what they need in all the different aspects of their life we're mm-hmm. so used to okay lunches are made what's for dinner where's the cat What's going on with laundry? Car needs to go in for an oil change. Oh, right. I have clients today. Okay. What have I done for me today? Like I am I, I found that I was on the bottom of the list. And then mm-hmm. to start to, I thought, okay, I need to be on the top of the list. Because if I'm not at the top taking care of myself, I don't have anything to give. And then I would get resentful. And mm-hmm. it was just, it just perpetuated into this big ball of, of anger and resentment. And I'd already had anger and resentment. So it was like... <laughs> Oh my gosh. And I always tell people, you know, you just have to be so gentle with yourself and you just have to give yourself such grace. And yeah. So, so what is, what is your, I'll I'll ask it this way. Um, What is your mission? What is your, what is your
1: mission for the work that you do for the people that you serve? Um, I, I want to create more women that, uh, more women in support roles for pregnancy loss. I I want to have more women across the world um, talking about loss, providing safe spaces for women to go. I want there to be uh, recognition then from, you know, the medical system that therapy and counselling isn't the only way to seek support there is so many more different ways that you can do it and through my program i'm hoping that with the women that go through through it the lives that then they will touch it will allow women to talk about their story i'm hoping it changes the society the way society views loss
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um and empowers women to to know that they can talk about their story, that they can mention their babies. Um. So, yeah, I kind of just want to shift so much. I want to shift so much around the pregnancy loss space. I want to create more support, women in support roles that are in turn going to shift society's perception, empower women on opening up about their stories and empower them in knowing that they have the right tools that they can heal themselves um, and they don't have to see a therapist for years on end.
0: Mm-mm. No, I love that. And I think the biggest thing is is that we, we are our own advocate. We are an advocate for our body, our heart, our loss our baby, our experience, and that our experience is valid. Our experience Mm -hmm. is ours. And and we get to share that and um, to come together in a a beautiful space that, such as the one that you create with your community. It's just, it's so beautiful. It's, um, again, creating that safe place for someone to step in and start to explore that and start to look at that. And, you know, we we talked a bit about this last time as well, is that, you know, we, and we talked a bit about it today, was that we stay in that, um, that chronic mm. state, you know, and I don't think a lot of people quite understand it until you really, you really acknowledge it and start to understand how, the body feels and and how are we perceiving things and and again i find um i find losing jack it it was an invitation for me to look at everything like it just it shook up everything as i mentioned earlier and it was just um the best analogy was um someone said to me it was like your life was this nice neat deck of cards and somebody went fling <laughs> and they were all gone and some of them have disappeared you don't know where they are and some of them are are crinkled and and they're they're just they're a mess they're ripped into shreds and and it's just it's like gathering those pieces like you said it's like gathering the pieces that really honor you and honor the next part of the journey it's almost like it's it's like it cleans house in in so many ways that i don't think a lot of us I would say I don't think many of us are prepared for. There's just, there's Mm -hmm. so much, there's so much depth. There's just, there's a huge opportunity for us, but there's just, also there's just so much. It can just, it can be overwhelming. I remember days where I just thought, I want this to stop. I don't want to hurt anymore. I don't want to cry anymore. I thought that if I started crying, that I would not be able to stop. I thought it would kill me. It's like, I can't start because it'll kill me. I'll be done. That's it. And then once I started to allow myself Okay, just allow it to come out because our body processes things through tears, right? And it just is there's just so much that we can learn. I just I love it. I love our conversations. They're they're amazing. And now where tell us where where can where can people find you? Where where's where can we find you? We've got social media, you've got your website.
1: Yeah, so mainly um would be social would be Instagram and my website. So Instagram is institute of healing underscore pl. And my website is um com. So yeah, I my Instagram is um like an extension on me and kind of my views, my opinions, my healing, my recovery, um tips that I've that I share with my students um inside the practitioner certification and just stuff that's worked for me. So um yeah, if you want to, you can come over and you can give me a follow and reach out to me. You can DM me there or you can um, reach out to me and email me on my um, from my website as well.
0: Amazing. And we'll have all that information in the show notes and then we'll make sure that everyone knows how to find you. Thank you so much. Thank you for today. Thank you for sharing your beautiful world with us and I'm excited to see what else you create and uh, to support such an important,
1: important cause. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me uh, in your space today.
0: Thank you, Sharna, for sharing your story, your warmth and your love. All of Sharna's contact info will be in the show notes. Be sure to follow her on Instagram at Institute of Healing underscore PL. You can find me on Instagram at Shauna DeMallon Medium or visit my website at livealifeyoulove.org where you'll find my offerings, including my Growing Up in Heaven program that teaches you how to make the connection with your son or daughter on the other side. Thank you for listening and see you next time here on the Oracle of Light.